Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. Well, let's dive into uh, God's Word today and uh, let's just pray. And so, Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come together. Lord, I thank you for every single person here on site and online. And Lord, your eyes are upon them right now. Because, Lord, your, your eyes are upon them because you love them so much. And, Lord, I pray for those who are also tuning in to 98.5, the Light FM. I thank you, Lord, that your blessing is upon them. And so, God, I pray that you'd give each one of us ears to hear, eyes to see, and a courageous heart that will willingly obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, just by way of reminder, the core values of Gateway Life Church are number one, love, and number two, serve. We only have two core values here, and they are the greatest in the universe because Jesus said so. And today, I want to bring a message that encourages us to love and serve humanity, to love and serve people. And to illustrate this message, which reflects our core values, we're going to look at the parable of the Good Samaritan found in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 37, which is also gateway word of the week. And the title of my message today is called The Right Question. The Right Question. You know, in case you don't know, a parable is a simple story to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson, which also communicates how God's kingdom is established on earth. And the vision of Gateway Life Church is to be a gateway of God's kingdom on earth, transforming community and culture. So let's turn now to Luke chapter 10, verses 25, and we'll begin to read all the way through to verse 37. And it says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him. He tested Jesus, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? It's a great question. But Jesus really answered the question with the question, and he asked, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So the lawyer answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. That's why, you know, core value number one is love. And Jesus said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. You see, that's the difference, church. It's doing what God says that brings the life that is found in Christ. He said, do this. He said, you've answered well. The answer's right, but now do this and you'll live. In verse 29, but he, the lawyer, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, but who is my neighbor? And this is where Jesus begins to tell this parable, this story. And he said, then Jesus answered, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, but when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite. When he arrived at that place, he came and looked and passed by on the other side. 
You know, for me, this can be very much a picture of what most people do in life. Because looking at um, the, uh, uh, the Levite, he said when he arrived at that place, so he was present. And you and I often find ourselves present. He came, it says, and he looked, he saw the need. He saw the opportunity and he had the means to meet the need. But he passed the opportunity by and went to the other side. But a certain Samaritan. As he journeyed, we're all on a journey, he came where he was, and when he saw him, when he looked, he had compassion. That was the difference. Compassion, that's where it all begins. It's having compassion. Let me ask you something. Do you have compassion? What is compassion? It is to be sympathetic, sorrowful for the misfortunes of others. It's to be sorrowful full of sorrow for the misfortune of others. It's to be empathetic, which is the, uh, the ability to understand the feelings of another. This is why, hey, this is why you and I got to go through stuff. Sometimes trials, sometimes we're led into those. Sometimes we go through trials because we put ourselves in those situations, okay? But whether you've put yourself there or not, there's always a solution. And there's always a gracious and a kind and a merciful God. And you only have to read the, uh, the parable of uh, the prodigal son to get a true picture of the father's love. It's, and so it's to be empathetic, uh, to have the ability uh, to understand the feelings of another. It's to show care, tenderheartedness, kindness, gentleness, and mercy for the sufferings of others. Anyway, verse 34, he went to him, uh, the good Samaritan, and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him. And what, whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you in full. I will fix up the bill. Whatever this wounded person needs, no price is too high for them to be made whole and to be well again. So Jesus asked, so which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, it was he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. You know, every single one of us have the opportunity to show compassion. Everywhere. 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 And with everyone. It's by no accident that Jesus chooses to use the road of Jericho in his parable because the Jericho road was a dangerous road. And it still is. Let's get a picture of the Jericho road up on the screen today. It was a dangerous road, and it still is. That's the Jericho Road there. As you can see, it's very uneven. And at any moment, anyone could fall. It's a rough road. It's a winding road, full of narrow turns. It's a steep road in a deserted and desolate place. And I believe that Jesus specifically chooses this road in his parable because this 
kind of road can sound a lot like life. This kind of road can sound a lot like the single life, the relational life, the parenting life, the married life, and which is full of unexpected twists and turns along the way, and of course, traveling on this road are people. People. Why? Jesus uses this road because it's a rough road. It's a dangerous road. Life can be rough and dangerous. And on this road, there are people on it. And it's the reason why Jesus chooses this road, because people are God's passion. You are God's passion, whether you know it or not. You are his beloved passion. And that's why people have to be our passion. In this parable, I've heard various reasons why the priest or the Levite didn't stop to help the wounded man. Uh, preachers of old, teachers in the past have said, well, perhaps, you know, to illustrate why, for example, the priest or the Levite didn't stop, perhaps they were on their way to a Christian conference and they couldn't help stop to help the poor man because they were on their way to a Christian conference. Or perhaps they were on their way to church. It's so like, I can't stop to help the wounded man because I'm on my way to church to learn about the kingdom of God and how to bring God's kingdom on earth. So I can't stop to help the wounded, hurting, half-dead man because I'm, I'm going to church or a life group. But I would like to give us just a little bit of a different perspective today, which comes in the form of asking a question. But not just asking any question. I'm talking about asking the right question. You know, there are all kinds of conversations going on in all of our minds. In actual fact, can I just put this out there? You're never going to talk to anyone more than you, are, than you talk to yourself. The majority of the conversations that you have are with yourself. You'll never talk to, uh, to anyone more in life than yourself. And so just make sure that the conversations that are taking place in your mind are loving and kind and merciful and gracious, just as God is towards you. Even if you're in a sinful place, even though uh, you, you, you might believe that you're not where you ought to be in your relationship with God. Can I just say, even in that, God's not being hard on you. Even, in your, even on your worst day, in your most sinful moments, God would not speak unkindly to you. He may convict you, and He will convict us of what's right, but he'll never condemn you. The scripture says there is no condemnation, not even for a second, not even for one split second, is there condemnation for those who are in Christ. Because he loves you. God is love. There's no condemnation in Christ. Jesus came to die for our condemnation. He came and died for our guilt. He came and died for the sins of the world. So I just want you to be aware of the conversation that takes place in your mind and, uh, and question those conversations. Even speak to those conversations saying, hey, we don't talk like that anymore. We don't think like that anymore. Okay? We speak like this now. We think like this now because of God's word. So today, let's not assume that the priest or the Levite had something better to do. Instead, let's get inside of their heads the head of the 
priest, the head of the Levite and of the Good Samaritan. And let's imagine a conversation that they're having with themselves. So remember, all three men, all three men saw this situation. And regardless of their status, their education, their upbringing, they all saw the need. And they all had an opportunity, regardless of their status, regardless of their social circles, they all saw the need. And the priest and the Levite asked themselves, if I stop to help this man and meet this need, what will happen to me? You know, so what's going to happen to me if I stop and meet this need? Are there other robbers? The other robbers who attack this man, are they waiting somewhere to also attack me? Or is this man on the ground? Is he faking it? Hoping then to lure me and overtake and, and rob me? Uh, uh, what about me? What about my time? What about my talent? What about my treasure? What about my needs? But then the good Samaritan, he came by and he reverses the question. And he doesn't ask, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? No, he asks, if I do not stop, if I do not stop to help this man, what will happen to him? And so it's about what do I have? What can I do? I might not be able to give as much as another, but I can do something. And imagine a local community where everyone was focused on asking that kind of question. What will happen if I don't? What will happen? Just imagine a whole community of people that are looking at. Imagine a local church, this church, where all the people, they walk in with one mind in a spirit of unity and of harmony that says, well, I might not be able to give what someone else can give, but I can give something. What about the building fund? I really do believe, church, that God wants us to have our own building one day. Why is that? So that we can leave a legacy for the generations. And so... As I close my message today, we're going to go to another video. And, um, you know, that's the question, church. That's the question. What will happen if I do not stop to help? That's the question. And so we're going to watch a short video today. And then I'm going to give someone uh, the opportunity to respond to Jesus. And um, I just want to say prophetically, I just feel to prophesy and I feel like the Holy Spirit will land this with someone. Um, you are one decision. Here's the word. You are one decision from a greater move of God. And one of the, I know that some of you are battling doubts. Some of you are battling fears. Uh, some of you are feeling a little bit double-minded. And one of the reasons for that is because there's what I would call a very good tension, a spiritual tension taking place in your life. Because on one hand, you're like, you know, either the Levite, the, uh, the priest or the Good Samaritan. You've got a picture of the future, right? You can see what God is giving you an opportunity to do. You can see something into the future. You can't see the whole picture, but that's also scriptural, right? Because Paul said that we see in part and we understand and we prophesy in part. So don't be focusing on that part which you can't see. This is the word. Prophesy and begin to lay hold of that part which you can see. 
See, if you were a gold digger, not in the female sense, but if you were a gold digger, you know, mining for gold, you know, you would go up to a mountain. You would not be, you know, it's almost like if some, if some believers, you know, applied their faith to gold digging, they would turn up to the site and they would leave straight away. Right? Because they'd be like, oh, there's a mountain, there's a lot of dirt, doesn't seem like there's a lot of gold there. And, and most people would turn up and leave on the spot. So there's a good tension taking place, and you just need to hear. Some of you might be asking yourself, is, has God called me? Am I even a believer? Does God really love me? And the answer to all those questions is yes. But see, the next step is now on you. You've got to now just begin to focus on that part that you can see and, you know, do what you can do. So there's a good tension taking place here, okay? You're one decision away from a greater move of God. You just have to stand up and you've just got to step out. The blessings, the, the miracles, the healings, the promises of God, they're conditional. Hey, son, hey, daughter, brother, sister, they're conditional to what we do. Sit back and relax, and uh, let's take a look at a video. Maybe some of you have seen this. I think it's an absolute, uh, a great, great, uh, just a great illustration of what God has called us to do and what modern-day evangelism can look like. Let's take a look. Thanks, Meg. Hey, bro, look, check it out. Labradoodle. What? Yeah, right down there. Oh, <laughs> I love a good breed. It's so good. Yes, half lab, half moodle. Wait, what? Incredible. Moodle? Yeah. No, that's a not a thing ever. No, no, it totally is. A moodle. Isn't that, isn't that Dave from Econ? Oh, yeah. What is he doing up here? He's, he's probably just enjoying the view, man. Wait, isn't, isn't Dave blind? Hey, hey, Dave. Whoa, 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 bro. What are you doing? You can't just tell Dave what to do. Wait, why? Are you blind? Uh, no. Okay, so then you don't know what Dave's gone through. You can't really relate to him, man. Just, just, just let him be. He's totally fine. He's literally slipping right now. Yeah, okay, you're gonna, you're gonna get all up on him for, for slipping. Like everyone slips from here and there. I don't it's care no if he slips. I'm just trying to keep a guy from falling off a cliff. No, no, okay, listen. What what I think you need to do right now is you just need to love him. You need to not point out. What does that have to do with anything? It has everything to do with everything, okay? Like if you if you point out his weaknesses, he won't feel loved, he won't feel accepted. I'm just, feel I'm just accepted. trying to keep a guy from going off the cliff. No, you're not even stopping. You're, hey, you're Dave! Not, no, whoa, 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 stop it, stop it, stop it. You speak out against blind people. So what many people will be upset with you? with you. No, so many people won't like you. But also, what if what if he doesn't like us anymore? You ever thought about that? Dave will be dead. I need to say, hey, no, no, Dave, no, 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 Dave. No, no. Someone, is someone there? Uh, yeah. Hey, Dave, how's it going? It's uh, it's Charlie mm -hmm. from school. Oh, hey, man. Doing this for days. Maybe you can help me out. I seem to have lost a trail somewhere. You, you want to tell me if I'm going the right way? Maybe he is lost. Yes. You're right. We, we should still just encourage him. Yeah, yeah, hey, no, Dave, you know, you're doing great, man. Uh, uh, you know, I love that you're out here, man, too. I I'm proud of you, being out on this trail. You you're doing great, man. You you're doing great. Oh, 
Okay, thanks, man. Because I am going the right way. Watch, he'll figure it out. He's got to love him through his problems. Yeah, you got it, man. Kinda. It's funny and it's not, isn't it? Like, but it, I think it can be how a lot of Christians can see evangelism. We so want to be liked, right? We don't want to offend people, but we're not, you never. Whenever you do what you do in love, you see the Bible says love does no harm. Whenever you do what you do in love, you're not bringing any harm. I, I just really feel that we. It'd be good for us to pray for opportunities. Just think back to the time when someone invited you here. Perhaps you invited yourself. That's a great thing too. But everyone needs a light. Everyone needs a light, church. And God has called us to be the light. For me, that, that little video there at the end also represents the road to Jericho. Okay, There we are. We're there. There's so many people on this road. And... I just pray that we'd, we'd all have a heart just to love and serve one another, to look out for one another, to especially be there for one another in times that, in days that are dark and tough. You know, I think they're the greatest moments when we can, where the church ought to be present, which is why we're now in India. But would you just stand with me today and uh, let's just pray for ourselves Let's pray for our own hearts, and uh, even if you're at home, if you can stand, why don't you stand, uh, if you can, and, um, and let's just pray, and let's just believe, amen? Yeah, yeah, let's just pray, and let's just believe. I just want to invite the worship team uh, to come, and Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for your great and mighty power. And I pray that each one of us would have ears to hear regarding what I just said right there. Father, I thank you for your great and your mighty power. For Lord, these things are done not by our might, nor by our power, but by your might and great power. They're done by your spirit. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, I really do pray. If you're comfortable with this uh, church, take your right hand, place it on your heart even those online. And Father, we pray for our own hearts that we would be like the good Samaritan. May you, Lord, look upon this church here in Australia, in Africa and India, and may you see a church that hears the word, believes the word, and goes and do what the word says. I pray that we would be like the Good Samaritan. May you look upon us and see the spirit of the Good Samaritan that sees the need and does what they can do within their means to meet the need, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just want us to sing that song. And as we begin to sing, I just want us to be aware that the Good Samaritan in this story, even though Jesus told this story, the Good Samaritan in this story is actually Jesus. It is Jesus. And the man who was wounded, who had been beaten, robbed, and now 
is broken and, and half dead, it's a picture of you and I before Christ comes, before He comes, and He touches us, and He stops when nobody else would. Jesus stops when nobody else would. And He is the one who pays the entire price for yesterday's and tomorrow's brokenness. The real question is not, who is my neighbor? But who have we been a neighbor to during a time of loss, loneliness, and pain? And as we sing, let me just read verse 34 again. It says, So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine upon them. And then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn, and not only paid for that night's accommodation, but came back the next day. And no matter what account was outstanding, that too was fully paid for. And this is a testimony of what Jesus is doing for every one of us here today. Jesus is the Good Samaritan. So let's begin to sing. Let's just begin to worship and uh, let's believe.
If today you feel like you're distant for whatever reason from the Lord, I want to give you an opportunity to respond through praying a prayer. And by praying this prayer from your heart, it'll reconnect you again to your loving Lord and Savior who is full of light. So if that's you today, if you want to commit again to the Lord or just take it to another level, then pray this prayer after me. Are you ready? Are you ready to pray? Pray this prayer after me. Dear Father in heaven, I humble myself today and I ask that you would forgive me of all my sins. Cleanse me, heal me and make me whole. And help me now to be the person you have destined me to be. In the name of Jesus, amen. And if you prayed that prayer today, either for the first time or rededicating your life, why don't you just, in an act of courage, on the count of three, just lift up your hand, just so that we can pray as we close for you today. So if that was you, just lift up your hand on the count of three. One, a hand's already being raised. One, two, three. Just lift up your hand. Thank you. Who else? Who else? Yes, thank you to my left. God bless you. Sister, God bless you so much. We're so happy to have you here today. So happy. So happy. And so, Father, I just pray for all of those who prayed that prayer. Strengthen that confession, I pray, in Jesus' name. And may we go now, Lord, and just be, have the spirit of the Good Samaritan. Help us to have eyes to see, ears to hear, and just the heart to to want to be the solution, the gateway to God's kingdom on earth. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of thanks. Praise God. Thank you so much, everyone. Um, I pray that something of today's word has spoken to you. And I pray that it will strengthen your faith. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.